The title of the Dharma talk today is Triggered Responses, I think. Is that what I said it was going to be? <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> so triggered. We have all kinds of responses. Those happen in different uh, in different ways. Sometimes it's a very tiny little, this happens, and then we think about that, and this happens, and we, we abandon the very thing that shows up, and we go to something else uh, that's happening all the time. The, the concept of a, a, a response or a trigger, uh, you know, can operate lots of different ways. And it's not that it's some kind of terrible thing. It's that's how we live. We this hat, we're hungry. So we feel hungry. So we get something to eat uh, or we well, it's just basically kind of kind of a cause and effect. But if it's if it's just if we just go with that, then the karma or the conditioning that we've been exposed to uh, not only in this lifetime, but probably a long time before this, just as a human being. So I'm not here to promote belief in anything, especially past lives. So the idea here is to bring our awareness to whatever is happening and not abandon it. I'll say that again. Whatever is occurring, bring your awareness to what is occurring without jumping on the trigger, which are uh, uh, accusing the trigger of causing this or causing that. No praise, no blame. The praise and blame tends to take us around in circles. We all know, we all have an experience of somebody says something and suddenly we feel, we could feel really good, but quite often somebody does something or some act happens that we don't expect and suddenly we're feeling uh, some difficulty. And what I say over and over again is this is not about solving this. It's not about getting rid of it. It is about, it is about being aware of what it is. And without being aware of what it is, then we are kind of at the mercy of our emotions and our feelings and our reactions, reactions, reactions to everything. So very much about whatever occurs, don't leave. Whatever occurs, just receive. Give everything your attention. This is a lifelong practice of whatever occurs, just receive. The most important part of generosity and the most misunderstood part of generosity is receiving. Not just giving. Giving quite often is about a credential, being someone who's who's very generous and gives. Not saying that's uh, incorrect or wrong. We need some of the, need some of that. We need a little bit of everything. But quite often the receiving part is misunderstood. There's not as much a, a, a credential there, if any, of being a receiver. So um, a very conventional way that we understand is just be a good listener. If your friend is having difficulty, receive what they're saying. They're, they're giving you their their life or they're giving you their situation or their particular melodrama. Don't help them. And in other words, don't come up with your wonderful ideas of advice about what they should do about it. If you're training your mind and if you're clear about your own neurosis, your own difficulty, the, own, uh, the very parts of aspects of your consciousness that are you're, you could say struggling with or having difficulty with or can't seem to get rid of or can't explain or can't justify or can't find out why do I get triggered every time this and that and this happens. The why question is circular. You're, you're always going to get a because. But if you say what, everything comes to a halt way of talking about it. And you get that's why we have a sitting practice of meditation, why we have an awareness practice so that we can train our minds to what? See through the self-deception each person has to do that do that themselves we have to do it where you're alone you sit down hold still hold it in a symmetrical posture and just receive whatever is happening in any one of the six sense fields including the mind and in that way 
we train ourselves to stay with, you could say, you don't have to stay with it, but we train ourselves to not abandon whatever is occurring for why it's happening or who did this or am I responsible or who's responsible to immediately jump in to the, the relativity of the situation uh, is not wrong. It's something we do all the whole, whole society is doing that whole cultures do that. That's how everything basically works on a relative level, but you can work on a relative level very, very effectively and still be on a spiritual path. The relativity may work even better if you're on a spiritual path because you're, you're not uh, caught up in the, the grasping, rejecting the passion, aggression, and ignorance that is the, is the uh, modality of the ego mind of self-centered mind. So if someone says something or someone does something that doesn't live up to or meet our expectations and we feel disappointment, just whatever the disappointment is, don't abandon the feeling of being disappointed for the description of it. Don't necessarily, whatever the feeling is, feel the texture of that. If you feel the texture of that, you really won't know what it's about. You actually will have difficulty de uh, determining the difference between pleasure and pain. The texture is not uh, a message. The texture is just uh, it's communication without an actual content or a structure. It's very necessary to do that. It does not feel good. This is why without someone to encourage you, to help you, to support you in looking deeply into your consciousness, you, me, I, we all will abandon that for something a little bit better. This is quite often why people would rather meditate with their eyes closed because it feels better. My meditation is much better if I close my eyes. Of course, because that allows us to be in something very similar to a dream or to sleep. Don't misunderstand me. If you need to meditate with your eyes closed, you should do it. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Don't necessarily believe anything I'm saying. On the other hand, if your experience of life is, is filled with challenges and difficulty and dead ends and or uh, alive ends, some kind of operation that's confusing or going in circles, um, I would make a suggestion. You could actually sit down and watch the mind that is dealing with that. Look at the mind. You'll notice that there's a, a kind of a, um, a difficulty in there in that can, uh, the whole identity, is there someone who actually looks at the mind? But when we start to get down into that fundamental, very lowest, the lowest substrate of consciousness that we can find, we find out that we can't really see other things. And if we see other things, then if we turn around and say, well, who is it that's seeing that other thing? You won't find anything. And if you do, come and talk to me about it. I like to hear about it. We can discuss that. So the high idea of correct and incorrect or right meditation, wrong meditation is <laughs> we don't need that. What we do need is to be straightforward and direct with our mind. And with our situation, not everyone is ready to do this kind of a practice. Uh, it's not because it's so advanced or so complicated. It's just extremely direct. You're looking right at the very situation that where the, the basic issue is in the first place, which is what? Mistaken identity. It's thinking there's someone who's having this feeling. There's someone who just got triggered by what this person said or that person said or this situation that happened. This happens and then we feel like that. This happens and we feel like that. And uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, whatever is apparently triggered, uh, sometimes I use the image of no one has come up and dumped a bucket of emotions into you. Uh, they may do something, uh, not even have any idea that what they're doing is, is triggering 
uh, difficulty in your midsection, in your gut, or in your mind, or in your heart, or in, or in your uh, elbows, triggering something there. Huh. But whatever is being felt is actually yours. It was It's your particular, that area of your uh, consciousness, your awareness, or your um, mind stream that is, has been on. Uh, has been is hidden out or uninspected or is covered up by uh, confusion, uh, addiction, um, entertainment, uh, pain and pleasure, success and failure, all the eight worldly dharmas that go around and around and take us from this to that. I'm doing well, I'm doing terrible, I'm doing well, I'm doing terrible. goes around and around. And I'm not saying you know, this is about stopping that. It is about being aware of it. It's always about awareness. It's always about awareness of what is happening, not some kind of mechanism that will meditate and will feel better. Meditate and will be finally be blissful. Finally be, finally be uh, serene, um, seren- serenity, and uh, uh, and confusion or, or or thrashing around. I'll uh, get their their meaning from each other. Can't really have uh, can't have a peace separate from war. <laughs> peace is already the case. Just stop covering it up. And when I say that. Uh, you might have to spend a lot of time looking at the warfare so you can see the way in which you put post-it notes over everything to stop looking at that. We don't want to look at that. It's challenging. It's difficult. And it looks failing. And when it's we might be failing, that, that goes into the identity of someone that could possibly fail, that someone is somehow responsible for success and failure. Someone who's not doing so well. This hits, this hits us in our pride. It's us in our shame. Those are those are difficult polarities. I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying that those uh, you couldn't do some practices or something that would cover that up and make it not so difficult or make it easier. But I would recommend, if I have your permission, which I do, if you're in this room, I would say you might want to just look at what those are fundamentally, without my description, without any, look at any quality that like that in your own mind and see that. That there, it's a very strong polarity. If you go to war with either one, if you go to success with one or failure with the other, or see fundamentally what it is, and you will begin to see that it's basically a case of mistake. All of being behind that, it's called uh, the conventional term is egolessness, no solid self, there's no solid person. And so, when something happens, uh, the happening is just it just has its own nature. It just happens. It's dependent origination. It's just dependent on all the other things that are coming and going. Same thing with this um, situation here, being a living being. It's a, um, it's just a, it's a simple misunderstanding uh, that there is someone, and we re, we reify that with each other all the time, back and forth, up and down, back and forth. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. You should. You shouldn't. I should. I shouldn't have done that. I should have said that. And it's not that that we need to stop that or correct that or correct that, but see, is is there someone there? Is there a solid being who needs support? Is there a solid being who needs to be scolded or done away with or shut down? It is about it is about awareness of that rather than success at stopping something or or accomplishing some kind of different, higher, better, more peaceful state of mind. Questions if you have them, don't you? You mentioned earlier that we have biological triggers, like if we feel hungry, we eat, yes. cold, we have a sweater. Those don't seem to give us as much difficulty. What is it about 
maybe a mental or emotional trigger that causes more suffering? I think it's more about uh, different layers that consciousness functions in different ways and in ways that are that are difficult to track, just like uh, the one I often use is uh, your food uh, without your permission and without your direction is being digested. Hopefully, if it's not, then you might have trouble. So just different layers of consciousness, just like right now, I'm aware of you, but I'm kind of ignoring everything else, you might say. But if I, if I, my direction goes, then I start to ignore you. You could say it that way. So it's a very, uh, awareness and consciousness seems to be able to focus uh, on something and then be able to avoid everything else. And what's being said here as far as training the mind is to just receive everything. The ego mind, the self-centered mind, doesn't get a, doesn't get any kind of a merit badge from that. So it doesn't feel acknowledged. So we tend to feel, you could feel lonely, you could feel lost, you could feel like you're losing your ground, all kinds of negativity. And from the point of view of this practice, we should just watch the negativity rather than jumping on and trying to correct it or fix it or fluff it up or, or tamp it down for that matter more. With a simple trigger, like feeling hungry and eating because of that, it seems simple, but is that simplicity just an ignorance? Like, is there something there that I'm actually not seeing because it seems so simple? So there's always something we're not seeing. Um, but in that situation, uh, I'm using that as an example because it's kind of obvious. We're hungry, um, so we get something to eat. So a simple cause and effect. But those those whole those areas get very complicated, especially if we're trying to stop one and and uh, and uh, readjust or re uh, reposition something else. We're trying to control uh, an area that we presume that we have some say. It's let, it'd be like me saying, "Well, just don't feel bad," <laughs> or "Don't oh, you're depressed? Well, just don't be depressed. Don't do that." Uh, someone who is not just like someone who. Uh, um, you have three people all meditating and one person has a lot of difficulty sitting still. Another person doesn't have any, but any trouble sitting still. They could sit still for hours. So probably the person who can sit still for hours is not going to be very helpful to the person who, who is fidgeting all the time uh, because they would think, well, don't just don't fidget. I, mean, I don't have that problem. I don't do that. Just like some people meditate and never doze off or fall asleep. Some people that's their whole thing is falling asleep. And so it just, it's, it's about meeting things where they're at rather than necessarily looking for a cause. The ca cause and effect might make us feel a little bit like uh, our whole court system is about who's to blame. It's just, it's just a, a very low kind of groggy level of intelligence trying to control things. And it's all dressed up with, I think they used to even wear wigs. So you'd really believe the person wearing a white curls. Is that why they did that? Cause and effect. Go ahead. If we were to stop trying to manipulate the emotional triggers that come up, would they function just like a biological trigger or a simple trigger? They, they would function more karma. And there's a, I can't remember the Sanskrit, Prarabdha karma, I think it is. The karma that you were, that gave you this particular lifetime. But then uh, along with all of the other things that uh, that are combined with that are tendency to be uh, irritable or a tendency to, to be very musical or a tendency to be any, any of the all the different uh, uh, qualities that it can arise in anyone's uh, lifetime. So we buy into our desire about something, not something else, something else. And that in that way, we struggle with it and we bring more tension and more warfare into 
but like trying to control things. And what's being said as far as the spiritual path is, let's see what it is. I mean, it's like a transcendental pragmatism. Uh, let's just slow down, uh, as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche used to say, uh, refer to our minds as being speedy. They're always going here, going there, trying to get it, trying not to, trying to stop this, trying to start that. You could just sit down, hold still, and watch the when you bring, when you hold everything still that you can, without struggling or without stiffness or rigidity, and just observe. You will begin to see that aspect of your consciousness, not right away, uh, that is uh, being either covered up or is. Uh, is spinning in some area that's kind of out of sight, so to speak. And you'll begin to to understand that deeply. You'll be able, you will be able to, as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche used to say, make friends with that negative energy rather than trying to get rid of it or change it or cover it up or um, manipulate it. That you, It's just energy. It doesn't belong to anyone. But the, the identity, the self-centeredness thinks that we think that we are having a negative emotion. I mean, the negative emotion is... Uh, is difficult enough, but then to think, then to add on to that, there is someone who's having that. Then that someone who's having that wants to know why. They actually abandon the emotion because they want to know why, or they abandon the emotion to actually blame someone or something or some situation, or their parents or their heredity, anything but to actually just feel the quality of that. It's just like ignoring a thunderstorm. Of course, it's not just like that, but it has that kind of a. This is happening, and we we abandon it for. Of some kind of otherness. Questions? Go on. Um, earlier, you, you described texture as a kind of communication. What is the communication and texture? It was a fundamental quality of it. Is it's like a, um, uh, it's like a tone. Uh, it's like a color. It's the fundamental situation, the fundamental form that's arising. The texture is like the texture doesn't have any. Uh, excuse me. Other than maybe something you would add on like, well, it's the texture is rough or the texture is smooth. So maybe a little bit, but the fundamental texture of it, in order to know what that is uh, conceptually, you have to contrast it with something else. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you should first get to know the texture. First get to know the fundamental feeling of being, uh, if it's a negative feeling or positive, neutral feeling, just go into that uh, texture or be with that would be a way of saying it. It doesn't have any message to it. Like this is a good feeling. This is a bad feeling. Go ahead. So what, what you use the word communication. I'm curious about that. What was the communication aspect of that? No, just just the presence of it. It's not it's not information going from one place to another. It's just the energy of that. You can't have information without that kind of energy. Birth, a triggered response. Pardon me? Birth, a triggered response. Birth? Birth itself. Is that a trick question? <laughs> just seems like there's an energy that's set in motion. Yeah. Um, are, are we here just to receive that? I don't know. What do you think? So, of course, I could come up with all kinds of philosophy around that, but it might be better for you to hang out with it. Yes, sir. Um, you brought up how Trump referred to our minds as being speedy. Yes. And you've used the word abandon a couple times. Is, uh, is movement necessarily abandon things? You can. This is why when the practice that we've been doing uh, as a, a lineage, we've been doing for 2,500 years, probably more, we actually knew the actual history. Sit down and hold still and watch what insists on moving. There's something, if you're holding still, the, it might take a while and it'll be different for each person. One person might actually go right into some daydreams about 
what's what they're going to do tomorrow or, or what they had for lunch or how their stomach feels might go any number of directions. Another person might go into some kind of a, of a, uh, nothing much happening, kind of just an open dimension where there isn't any pushing or pulling at all and hang out there for a while. And they might turn right around and come right back into uh, some other area. So, so that you can't, you can't find, get a foothold on any of that. And sometimes the mind is extremely speedy going here, going there, looking at this, looking at that, thinking about this, thinking about that. Should I, shouldn't I, should I do that? Shouldn't I do that? I need to figure that out. I need to really figure that out. And if you're, if you're actually, if your body is in motion, body, mind, complex, they're not two separate things separated for as far as our perception. But if you, if the body, it seems that if the body is in any kind of motion, a kind of a casual motion, even if it's something simple, simple like this, that the, the mind is empowered to actually invent a lot more, uh, create a lot more or uh, make use of the things that have already been created. And the technical word is, of course, the vasanas from the seventh conscious or the eighth consciousness, habit energy that we've been building up, you know, since third grade, uh, since third grade in the 13th century. So this is all built up and we're here we are again, back with the same dilemma or the same wonderful success story. Not that much different when it comes to relative truth. So it's about seeing that speedingness, not stopping it. It's about just witnessing what the mind is doing on, a, on a, as fundamental level as possible so that we can, over time, eventually see the way we fuel the suffering part. We actually, we actually create more suffering rather than reduce the suffering. Out of the desire to stop suffering, we actually go to war with it because of a misunderstanding. And that misunderstanding is thinking there's something else. But can the speediness be there and us? Can we not suffer with the speediness? Yes. No. I'm not saying you won't be uncomfortable. <laughs> You're not going to laugh at that. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Is there a, an endeavor as a practice or while we're training our minds to cut back on the relative movement between meditations? You mean you have a meditation session and you get up and go mow the lawn or shovel snow or something and you do less? Or what are you talking about? I don't recommend that necessarily. I recommend to make it a high contrast, sit down, hold still, do nothing but observe. Get up off the cushion and just hang out. Don't try to do meditation in action. Not that there aren't a lot of people teaching that. If they make sense, don't listen to me. If it makes sense to you. But from looking at this myself for a while, I would say just hang out so that the actual emotions that are being uh, are being um, hidden by the activity of our lives, that starts to show up not comfortable, particularly. So we're not trying to be uh, an enlightened person. Uh, if you're trying to be someone, then then this is, the, this is the fuel for ego, trying to be somebody better, special, more less crazy, more elevated, more. That, that's just buying into uh, the what's Trungpa Rinpoche called, uh, my words in this case, uh, as uh, uh, spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual techniques to get to a higher stage. Not that there are higher stages, there could be. But if we try to get to the higher stage through using some kind of technique of getting there, it could be difficult. And in other words, it could be circular. When I say difficult, you could go in a circle. Uh, good idea to have a teacher. You'll often use the example of maybe sharpening a knife awareness like the practices to sharpen that knife. When are we using that knife? When you're shoveling snow. You're aware of the snow. You knew that, didn't you? Are you testing me? 
Yes, and I'm saying, just using that as a metaphor, you sit down, you hold still. And because uh, when, when you're sitting, and if you're following the, the way I recommend this, you're watching things come and go and come and go. You're just observing. And you, whatever is happening, you're just receiving whatever that is. And this receiving seems to, seems to empower or make the awareness or that space in which everything occurs make it stronger, at least prioritizes that. So you're more about, to use a fancy word, you're more about witnessing what is happening rather than adding things onto it or being triggered into other dimensions or other levels of consciousness or going back into memory or going forward into uh, presumptions about what's going to happen next. So you're just with the texture of whatever's happening. And so that way, um, to be very literal about it, when you get up off the cushion and go into your everyday life, some of that ability to just observe, just receive whatever's happening, starts to spill over into your uh, what we call post-meditation, which is, isn't particularly a meditation. It's just hanging out. could feel worse. It could, it could, you could actually begin to feel worse through meditation practice. I'm sure I have a few witnesses here to that. This, this, uh, this difficulty of being a human being could be quite, quite complicated. Uh, meditating for three years guarantees nothing. 20 years, nothing guarantees anything. Guarantees are extra. You don't need them. Choose them. Does training the mind cultivate more panoramic awareness as opposed to a more focused awareness? I, I you know, uh, cultivation is, I guess the word is okay, but I, I think it just kind of cracks open somehow the, the tendency to want to fixate on something and try to control it or get it to stop or get it to fluff up or get it to slow down or manipulate it. There's, there's just more space around it. We have a more, um, uh, more environmental, uh, um, uh, as Chuck uh, Rinpoche call, uh, called it, environmental generosity, I think. Isn't that what he said? You ever use that term? Environmental. You're generous about what's happening. Even though some of the things that are happening don't feel so great, still your, your, um, your uh, bodhicitta, or your, your, your fundamental enlightened quality that seems to be rising more and more the more you practice about being... Uh, um, friendly with everything even the negativity it's like i sometimes say uh, if you meet someone who's having a great deal of negativity and they may it might even be blaming you for it don't interfere with their negativity i mean actually uh, actually respect people's craziness because if you don't expect their uh, respect their craziness and you go to war with it then they're going to go with their craziness in terms of what they're projecting on you it's, it's just a simple it's almost a psychological quality there this happens, that happens, this causes that, and then that happens, and you can't get out of it because you're caught in a trap of presumption and ideation around who did what and why they did it, and they should stop doing it, and and why can't I control my mind? It just gets like a labyrinth. Does that focus still have its place? Is it always a grasping? No. No, if you're... It just needs to happen situationally. There are times when when the mind needs to focus right down on one particular situation. And, and, but when there isn't anything happening there, then everything should be unreceived. And when I say should, I'm not saying it's a correction, but just will start to happen. The more you uh, practice uh, sitting practice of meditation, the more you practice just watching what's happening rather than inventing things to happen or filling things up or uh, addition, subtraction, addition, subtraction, or modification of what's arising then there's just more a uh, quality of uh, of just openness, just receiving everything, giving everything your attention more. Less? Yes. 
Can we use a trigger to investigate? Yes. And not using the image of a Dharma gate of something, if you're doing fine, you're sitting here, and then somebody does something or a situation happens that triggers or seems to, it, it isn't the situation itself, but it seems to touch off something in your feeling or in your gut. Sometimes we don't even have no identity or no uh, description of what it even is. It just feels negative. And then the tendency, rather than stay with the negativity and, and not, not attribute anything, don't attribute it to that. That happened and that triggered it, but it's you're the one who's feeling it. Uh, the wind isn't at fault for the temperature of your skin. You know, that, that there's something happening. There's some relativity there, but it's, it's not as much as we want to, we want to put the blame or put the, um, uh, the attribution onto something else. I notice when I, when I have that situation come up, there's a trigger and traditionally I might see something as like, well, that caused me to feel this way. But then it kind of comes the other way. Like where am I kind of stuck that that's bothering me or where is my resistance coming from? Is that still abandoning it? It could be if you get, if you get too, you can do a little bit of that, but quite often we, because the intellect is so good at explaining how things are going and who caused what and what happened and what you're doing and how you're shutting down. And how, so, and I would say as far as an, not that you couldn't do some of that, some of the, uh, the Abhidharma material is about that talks about the structure of consciousness and the way we keep creating more and more stuff with more and more uh, openings and more and more closures but you could actually, as far as the practice goes, you could just be very simply just what it feels like, what it thinks like. Even the thought itself is just something to observe. You don't have to add on to it or subtract from it. And if you do, you should just watch that rather than try to stop it or start it. It's the control situation that that uh, um, fools us. The, the illusion that you cannot somehow get control is not so much that you can't have some kind of control, is that there's no controller. The, the imputation that there's somebody who can somehow figure things out and get control and get their way and have things get larger, smaller, or wider, or there's somebody who can get that done. It's not that those things might not occur, but the the, the identity that's that would be behind that is uh, not there. Would a direct seeing of a, a triggering situation not show up like a cause and effect? Yeah, it could. Could show up so that so you mean the the that what got triggered uh, actually caused the trigger. I thought that's where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, I guess when I think of a triggering situation, it looks really polarized. Like this happened, it triggered something me, probably because I have a position that's opposing that. I was wondering if if to see that more clearly, the relative situation drops away. It might. The uh, ego mind starts to get a little paranoid when that happens because uh, it wants things to be in order. Because if things are not in order, then that that that's kind of worrisome because the ego is its whole structure is based on me and you guys, right and wrong, or wrong and right, or any kind of polarity. It's, it's structured. It actually prevents it's uh, it prevents the open dimension from being seen by closing it down and saying this shouldn't be and that should be. This is causing that. This is causing that. It's not that that isn't occurring. It's just that what is, what is actually the case is they are not separate. Not separated in the way they look. Cause and effect. We have to start somewhere. So we start with cause and effect. Life is suffering. As the Buddha said, uh, life is suffering. He came to a conclusion. <laughs> Why? Because we want something else. Or we, 
we grasp or reject or shut down. A question from Greg in the UK. That's a long ways away. Can you please say more about respecting other people's negativity and craziness, especially when the impulse is very strong to take a strong stand? Mm -hmm. So if you, it's very difficult to do it um, just to be different with people as they show up, your friends or neighbors, relatives, coworkers. It's very difficult to just function differently. Seems to be necessary to first stop doing that with yourself. So in other words, whatever negativity is arising in yourself, just just look at it uh, and don't necessarily jump into the, the idea of I've got to change that. I've got to stop feeling jealous. I've got to stop or I've got to be more positive or I have to be uh, any of those. Uh, take your pick. Any of them. Do nothing with it, especially and even specifically on the cushion. Sit down and on the cushion and just experience your mind, whatever it's doing. Just experience your consciousness. Sit in a symmetrical posture because that is the, the mind and body are not different and you can't you can't take the mind and make it symmetrical, but you can sit uh, with your body and uh, the mind eventually will start to, its shape will start to change just a literal way, pictorial way of talking about it. So if you, if you've begun to make friends with yourself or deal with your own negativity in a way that you, you are not going to be able to change that necessarily, that doesn't mean you go to a conclusion. You're not going to be able to change it. You're still, you're just in, you're in the situation without a past in the future, without a, a time when it was different or without, uh, without an imagined time when it's all going to be gone, no longer living in some kind of fantasy. You actually are willing to be nuts to put it bluntly, Greg in the UK. This doesn't mean that this doesn't validate your craziness that you can go out and act out even less because you're, you're totally with the craziness. And you're no longer looking at something else to contrast it with something. I, I need to get out of here. I, this can't be. Uh, and so if you do that with your own mind and you're, you're willing to be really be, it's almost heartbreaking because you realize that this is when, when Trump said uh, so many words. I can't remember what he said exactly, but the path to awakening is one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself. So what this is about, the ego is going to lose and it doesn't feel very good. So you just about have to be who you are. You have to be genuine. And that may be involving having a whole uh, bag of uh, rotten asparagus with you. Or maybe not asparagus wouldn't be so bad, rotten. But how about rotten? How about rotten cotton? That rhymes. So you have a, something that's really distasteful, and you, you'd no longer, you no longer have to get rid of it. And so in that way, since you've begun to be with yourself, made friends with yourself, made friends with yourself then when you run into the negativity that is apparently showing up in another person you're no longer at war with them you can be kind to them even though they're maybe not being so kind to you that doesn't mean you take it on the chin i'm not saying that you might you might uh pacify them and if that doesn't work then you might just have to leave you might go somewhere else say that well, gotta, gotta catch a train see you later so don't stay there and torture yourself with trying to be a nice guy but on the other hand we don't have to go in and uh, and uh, even our own mind and, and start to go around and around in circles about why did they do that? They shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't act that way instead of uh, just seeing that they're, they're dealing with their, uh, um, with their um, uh, negativity by trying to get rid of it. Most people are having negativity or trying to find something they can do with it. Just looking for anybody to blame. Uh, it's because of you. <laughs> if you hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be feeling like this. You know, don't you feel guilty? 
It works. Get rid of that. <laughs> that's over with. I was having a rough time there for a minute. So, Greg in the UK, anything else? That's the United Kingdom, isn't it? And this is the United Snakes. Yes. Um, going back to uh, when you were talking to Shoda, you, you asked, but it, it turned into my question could what gets triggered cause the trigger? Mm -hmm. And uh, what I thought of was uh, like today and late, both sometimes when I meditate and sometimes when I'm not meditating, there's this mm -hmm. quick trigger rage yeah. that comes up with the whole story. And in that case, it's easy to understand or mm -hmm. to think that because I made up the whole thing because yeah. there's nobody doing anything. I'm just doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, but more generally, could, could what gets triggered cause the trigger? Yeah. I think so, but we, we might not be able to track it just because of the nature of that being opposite. So it might be it might be kind of seduce us into finding cause and effect. It's hard, it's hard, so we don't really want... We don't want to go to the... We don't want to try to track it back. We, yeah. we just reverse present. We, we, want to, we want to keep duality no matter what. We, we don't want uh, non-dual. We don't want no I, no other. We, we want some kind of polarity happening. We'll settle for it. We'll settle for shame. We'll settle for blame will settle for success we'll settle for some kind give me some kind of a reference point i'm tired of this uh sitting down facing a wall not knowing what's going on i just took what you said to mean that uh not to fight with the duality yeah you, you, is that what i said um well you said that that we'll settle for that we'll settle for it yeah. but i was thinking that maybe um they're, they're settling and they're settling maybe it's just fine if there's no yeah, it's almost fine. It, even, even duality is fine. Go ahead. So in a way, are you saying that the way that like I walk around and push things down might actually cause someone else to function in a way that's unique to me? That Wait, wait, wait. Start, start over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go slow now. Be very, what's that word? Succinct. No, be succinct. A compromise. Okay. <laughs> so is the way the way that we happen to push things away yes. cause someone else to show up in a way that's like a result of that? It could be. It could be, but I, I think it's just uh, scrambled eggs. You know, you just, I, I, it's, it's a direction that you can get some kind of validation out of what's happening there, but uh, it's, it's best to just, for you personally, not for, for you, just for you, but it's best to just be as direct as possible. If you're really being direct, you won't have that kind of knowledge or that kind of, it won't co come up, show up as some kind of, this is what's happening here. It won't have a, a linear uh, quality to it that is kind of informational about the situation. It'll just be that. And if it's just that, ego starves to death out of that kind of, the ego can't live uh, unless it has a lot of polarity of, of uh, either right or wrong or success or failure, or up or down or, or life or death. But uh, the, the the understanding needs to actually, when I say needs to, we're going to see what this fundamentally is, needs to transcend all of those polarities. And that's challenging, especially when fire is hot, earth is hard, wind moves, and water is what? Water is nice. Yes. A question from Bosker in Houston. Bosker in Houston. He asks, um, during city meditation, the texture of the space between observer and what is being observed seems to create frustration. 
since there seems to be something that keeps on eluding? What should I do? Just keep practicing. And, and really, all you're doing is describing uh, awareness of, of the way the mind is functioning to cover up. And just, I would say, it's just a matter of continuing to do that. And without having someone, it doesn't have to be me, but without having a teaching that, that encourages you to con- continue to look, the, the side of the mountain just looks like a long ways up. It just looks like a lot of work and a lot of pit holes and a lot of branches in the eyes and, and a lot of darkness and mud and whatever. So, and sometimes that's the way it shows up, but that still is a, that still is a Dharma gate. And it seems to be necessary to go through that, to go into that. And each person has their own kind of Dharma gate or their own kind of negativity. Some people, uh, and people have words for it. Sometimes it's a lot of anxiety. Other people don't have much anxiety, but they have some other kind of uh, challenge or difficulty or fear or depression or some other word for what they're going through. And it's a matter of, um, from this uh, person's point of view, pardon me, it's a matter of continuing or proceeding to uh, extend your awareness. So the, the, the way I talk about this, because it works for me, so that's why I use this image, but it's like most people are living with their thought patterns and their thinking process out in front and they're thinking about this because they're on guard. Uh, people it might be a very low level of paranoia, but there's some paranoia because the awareness isn't allowed to just be out in front just receive, just receiving, because it's to the ego mind, it can be terrifying because what if, what if something comes and I'm not on guard? I don't stop it. Um, this doesn't mean you shouldn't be cautious going down a dark alley. Don't even go down a dark alley. Flashlight. So, but give, but training the mind, eventually the awareness from sitting down, holding still, training the mind, eventually the awareness starts to show up in front of the thought process where it should be. When I say should, I don't know if that word works, but an open dimension where you're actually you're on receive. You're really receiving your life. You're not missing your life, uh, covering it up with a lot of thoughts about, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I sh- uh, what if I did this? What would people think if I did that? Go ahead. And follow up from Greg. Can we be in the world, but not of the world? I mean, can we be both an ego and selfless at the same time? Yes. That's probably the only way you can do it. Ego doesn't have to go anywhere. Ego is unreal. And for each person, if you transcend this world, your ego is not going anywhere. It's a, it's a fiction in the first place. It doesn't have to leave. That's like saying we can't have any more plays because they're unreal. Well, except for there's a couple of playwrights. We could have them. Yes. It seems like we're trying to strategize a way out of the disappointment or heartbreak yeah. that shows up on the path. Yeah. Um, is it important to sit through that? I think it's specific to each person. It's specific to, and to, to give a general say, yes, you should do that. I, I don't know. I, I would, I would trust, you know, uh, as it says in Atisha's seven points of mind training of the two, keep the principal witness. So you can ask the teaching person, you can ask a fellow uh, practitioners about that, but of the two uh, yourself and everything else, including the teacher, keep the principal witness. In other words, you probably know what that is, but just that you can ask the question uh, that means I can respond and say, I don't know. I don't know. But you do. You know. You understand? That's good. That's what I wanted to see. That's probably the best mudra there is. That's a good one. What is it? <laughs> it seems like we have to sort of, I don't know if I'm saying this in a way that's accurate, but activate some sort of pride to just keep sitting. Is that? Fine. Mm-hmm. Good one. 
<laughs> it's a real good one. You should be. Look at what you're doing. You're actually taking something that most people will not do, sitting down and wasting your time in front of a wall for hours and hours and hours on end. How many people are doing that? Anybody watching you do that is going to say, a waste of time. You need to be you know, doing what I'm doing, <laughs> wrestling cattle. Yes. So that wouldn't be shutting down? No. No, because you're, you're, it's the awareness of that. We don't have to get rid, you don't have to get rid of any emotion. You don't have to be someone else. It's pretty good news. Don't believe a word I say. You don't have to, don't have to believe it. Just look, look at, look at your own mind. Watch, look at your own mind. You often use, and you just use the image of the, the awareness is kind of behind the uh, intellect. Yes. And you say you don't have to get rid of the ego, but is it, does that passing forward of the awareness need to happen? Maybe. It's just a way of, that I talk about. It might show up differently for you. But I'm saying about as far as the ego or the self-centeredness or the, 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 the conclusion that there is somebody who's experiencing this or this or who has been triggered by this or that, that that, that, that identity is insubstantial. If you, if you look at it, you can't find anybody. Anytime you have any kind of experience, if you, if you were to say to yourself, who's this happening to? You could, still, you could come back and say, well, me, or use the personal pronoun, I. But if you look behind, what's behind that, and not much happening there. Is that response of me or I, the circularity of it, is that? The- that, that that's part of it, yeah. That's, the, that's the, the mask that we keep referring to. We, we do it constantly. We reinforce it. We're the only ones that, you're the only one that uses those personal pronouns, me and I. I like, um, I like romantic movies. Or I, Well, as for me, I don't care for this or that. As for me, so we, but we do it just automatically rather than say, it, what are we referring to? It's as I say often, go look in the mirror and see how much you had to do with how this even looks. And just it was just foisted upon you this lifetime, and you don't know if you could do it again or if you'd even want to. But here we are. How can we put others before ourselves without martyring ourselves? So start by don't do anything unless you have to don't do anything. Don't 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 help someone so that you can feel like a person who's helpful. Misunderstanding. But but relate to it as it is. And, and you'll see that there are times you can't help but help somebody because of their situation, because you you actually have uh, uh, prioritized the awareness around what arises in the awareness. Because what arises in the awareness quite often, and uh, even conventionally, is uh, untrue because it's dependently arisen. But if you don't do anything, then then if the dependent origination shows up as including you, I mean, the whole world, uh, your neighborhood, your, your, your mother, your father, your relatives, your coworkers, uh, if you do nothing with it, you'll, there will come a time or not when you'll just get included. And that's when, you, when you're actually functioning out of, out of a, a deep understanding of what this is that does not show up as concepts. More? Is there a way to live our life without having giant gaps of like self-centeredness occurring between those Moments of doesn't matter. You don't have to be worried about self-centeredness. It's unreal. Find that. See, see if it's substantial. When you feel like you're being kind of uh, prideful, or you're puffing up, or or you're feeling put down by something, any kind of identity crisis you might be going through. See if it's real. Do what I do. <laughs> what do I do? What's it look like I'm doing? 
Don't say that. So look like I'm doing. You have another question? Go ahead. I'll stop teasing you. When you talk about um, looking at the mean of the eye feeling, the way that this seems to work, like personally, is I'm really, really good at explaining things and finding conceptual frameworks that. Actually, I'm terrible at explaining things. <laughs> I'm here to explain Terrible. Well, if you were me, you'd think I was a great explainer. I'll check with you. Don't you see good at explaining? No. <laughs> Isn't she your friend? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I explain that for you. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll stop interrupting you. Well, just like within the feedback, feedback oh. loop of my own experience. Yes. I'm really good at just to myself explaining like how everything's put together. Yeah. So when I ask like who is this or the me feeling, I can always there, there's like always this huge labyrinth of explanations, and mm -hmm. I never hit a dead end where I fall mm -hmm. short. So well, that's, that's coming. <laughs> Aren't you selling a robe to be a monk? Your personal life's almost over. It's not like a threat. Well, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, go ahead. Please. So. I don't know if you can tell me this, but what am I doing right now that's still functioning out of a personal life that would be different with the robe? I don't know about the robe. The robe is your business. I'll just help you do that. But the robe is between you and the Buddha. I'll just I'll help you do that. But that's that's your your path. I might help you a lot more than you want. <laughs> it's, it's a good question. To just re rephrase the question or paraphrase it, if you could please. The way that that's said it sounds like there's a contrast to what I'm doing now to what will happen when I'm functioning as a fully ordained monk. Probably not. It could be, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't concern myself too much with it. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep yeah. So I keep on trucking. Yes. A question from Alex in the Netherlands. Yes. How can one observe thoughts like clouds? I find I am the thought when I'm daydreaming. Observing seems only possible after the thought. So I understand your question, but I would say, and I don't, don't know how much uh, sitting practice you do. It's Alex. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much sitting practice you do, but it looks like uh, more. Sit more. That's how it's sounding with that kind of a question. Not necessarily. I have to, have to know more about your situation. There, there's a what's showing up here is there's some kind of a, a need for a conclusion you don't need to conclude this would be like beyond the road somewhere and you need to you need to be where you're it's like an impatience kind of thing yes uh follow-up question from bosker bosker he asks how will we know that awareness is ahead of thought yeah you won't that was easy <laughs> Uh, but it won't be to go a little further. It won't. It won't be a concern. Uh, the ahead and behind and all that. It's, it's used as a way of talking about it, so so that people will contemplate or be aware of that they're trying to think their life rather than than just receive their life. You're, it looks like we're doing things just because you have hands doesn't mean you can do anything. That, but at the same time, you're probably gonna if you're, you're not so. Uh, enamored of your wonderful creations, you might be able to be incredibly creative because you are functioning out of the dependent origination as just the energy of the world, the energy of life. And there's no longer a singularity called me, 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 and my wonderful creations. Is there an active quality to receiving? 
I think at some point there is, but initially it's just stop producing. And the way we train ourselves to do that is start out by sitting down, holding still, and just don't produce anything if you can help it. But of course, when thoughts come up about something you did last week or something somebody said, you might start producing things. Well, I see them again. I'm going to say this or this or this to them, or I'm no longer going to take that off from them. You know, so we start producing things. We start revamping our whole past or our future for that matter. So it takes some time to just slowly settle down and, and uh, reduce the energy that goes into production and increase the energy that goes into reception or just receive your world. And then any participation that needs to happen will just come, come out of your, um, it's like dancing with phenomena, just the phenomena moves and you dance with it rather than argue with it or try to manipulate it or. Um, do, I guess another way to ask it, do we need to remind ourselves to receive? I think so. Might, especially on the cushion, you might just, might have to say that to yourself. I don't teach it as a some kind of a mantra or something, but something you could say to yourself. Are we at the end of our sojourn? I don't know what time. One final question, if there is one. It seems like there's a plethora of things heading our way. Um, how do we um, receive when there's so much heading our way? Just a little bit of time. So your your evaluation is so much, uh, and that's good. See that if you see that everything at once, and just receive it. Just let it be the plethora. Don't don't look to try to weed it out and try to find the really special things that should be received. Just uh, another way of saying it, and, and I might have to talk to you personally about this, depending on or with anybody. But just let it swamp you, don't, rather than try to stop or correct or change or weed out just accept this but don't accept that just let it there's there's what what is uh what is uh what is fundamentally valuable is not in danger there's no way you can endanger what this fundamentally is there there isn't anything you can't receive how long do we stay with something that um seems to rise up um a little bit don't overdo it so a little bit receive some of it and then you'll know it's like i was saying uh, uh to michael of the two keep the principle of witness you know i i would not endeavor to suggest to you uh based on the way you're asking the question of how long of uh, giving you some kind of way of knowing i think you should do it you'll know thank you very much <laughs>